This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. jump right on in. We, like I say, it's a little different day today. Uh, I, I do, I, again, welcome you. If you're new here, you're going, what in the world is this crazy church doing? Uh, guys, we are being the hands of feet. We are a family, and we love God, and we love people. And if there's anything that we have learned through the last year of life, it's that God and people are the very most important things in this life. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff out there. Uh, there's plenty of stuff to be worried about. There's plenty of stuff to lose. There's plenty of stuff to be taken away. God and people is all that matters in this life. Amen? We've been talking the last four weeks or so and, and talking about how, uh, especially for the church, we're, we're entering this new season. And, and uh, you know, seasons bring challenges, changes, but they also bring open doors and fresh starts and new opportunities. How many of you are glad for a period in your life, a time that was a fresh start, a new opportunity to start over and to get going when, because I don't know about you, but I jack things up. I have jacked things up in my life. I've found that I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. But God is faithful and he is a God of fresh starts. He's a God of do-overs. And he loves us, and he's there for us. But guys, we've been talking about the church. And the reality is, what we have missed many times as Americans is the fact that the church is not a building. If you have repented and confessed Jesus as Lord of your life, you are the church. And we are a family, right? The church isn't a location with an address. The church is wherever you are. We have got to stop sleeping. We've got to be revived. We've got to wake up and start doing our part in the family of God. Guys, if you are part of the Harvest family, I want us to say it together. What is the vision of Harvest? To make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. Do we have that to put on the screen? I think we had that. Yes? No? Yes? No? For those of you who don't know it, that's all right. Say it again one more time. To make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. How do we pursue that? We pursue community, discipleship, and outreach. It's what we go after. So we've discussed the past three weeks ways you can begin to take responsibility for, the, for this vision, and we discussed how our leadership, uh, how the leadership of this family is going to help you in accommodating that effort. So community, discipleship, outreach. We've covered these things the last three weeks. Community, we talked about we have our community connections. And this week, we're announcing today, uh, launch next week, but we will launch our new community groups. And if you want to know more about that, there's, there's, uh, you, can, you can listen a couple weeks ago, or we'll talk a little bit about it today. We also have, still have our community meetups. For those of you who just need relationship with somebody else, we will team you up with somebody for relationship. And we also have our one-on-one -on -one mentoring, men with men, women with women, somebody to mentor you and to walk with you in life. So ways to build community. Discipleship, 
uh, we're launching this week. We're going to announce here in, in just a few minutes um, our uh, Equipping You ministry. And under Equipping You, this is going to be about equipping you to do the work of ministry that God has called you to do in your sphere of influence. So for many of you, that starts right here with our weekend services. It starts with Sunday morning. We come together for worship and for prayer and receive from God's Word. We also have our Sunday school, which you heard starts next week. It's all about equipping, guys. So next week, we're going to teach you easy ways to reach the lost for Jesus. And then thirdly, we've got under equipping you, we've got our equipping classes. These are going to be classes that are going to be throughout the week on different topics, a variety of different topics that we'll share with you in a few minutes where you can be stretched and learn and grow at your own pace. And then lastly is our ministry school under equipping you. And our ministry school um, is a two-year program. They're, the class is about to graduate uh, come this summer and uh, we'll be starting a new class uh, under our ministry school. So that's community and discipleship. And the last thing that we talked about last week was outreach. How many of you have really begun to feel a hunger for the lost? I mean, you, you've begun to feel Father's heart uh, for the lost. God's heart breaks for people. Amen? And, and so through that, here's the thing. We have community connections and we have our equipping ministry, but guys, outreach is 100% you. 100%. And, and part of that I talked about last week starts with just loving those in our sphere of influence. Many times we're just too dadgum busy and we'll pull right up to our driveway and here's a neighbor sitting here right there working in their flower bed next to us and we just walk right on by when maybe God's opened up a door of opportunity for us to talk to them and love them and whatever it may be. We encounter the lost every day and we don't say a word. But yet Jesus says that we're his hands and feet. We've got to love others where they're at. We've got to bless others. We saw a little bit of that this morning. We need to be the helping hand to those in need. I encourage you, we need to invite people to our community groups. We need to invite people to our weekend services. And another way that, you know, I, I want to mention in there too that we haven't mentioned, but we're going to mention today is, guys, jump on board as even through the testimony Ms. Crystal gave last week, talking about not sitting on the sidelines, not being out of place. Guys, we need to each be jumping in and serving our church family where we've been connected, where God has brought us. So here's the thing. We have community and we have discipleship and outreach. This is the vision and where we're going from this point onward. But as I said a moment ago, I want you to understand pursuing community, pursuing discipleship, reaching out to others is 100% your responsibility. People like to blame the church. It's not the church's fault. It's not the pastor's fault that you're not stretching and growing, that you're not maturing in the Lord. It's your responsibility, right? 100%. Gathering regularly with other believers to be built up and encouraged, it's your responsibility. People say things like, well, I'm an introvert and, and I, it's just hard for me being around people. Look, I, I get that. I get it. I, I, I take the test and I'm, I'm, I fall more on the introvert scale. How many of you are the extrovert? You get energized by being around people. How many of that's you? How many of you are on the other side of the spectrum and you would say you love people, but it tires you <laughs> being around people. It doesn't energize you. That's actually a little bit more me. I go home on Sunday afternoon and nap, right? You know, I'm exhausted. I need to recharge, right? That's okay, there's nothing wrong with that, but we've got to understand that we need community and we need each other too much to neglect it. So maybe you are a little bit more of an introvert. Maybe it will be a little bit more uncomfortable for you than it is for others, but it's too big a need. 
you've got to step outside of your comfort zone. And you've got to be there because there's people God needs to, he, he's got you specifically. He needs you to be there to be an encouragement to this person and to bless this person and to love this person and to speak the truth into this person. Amen? Hebrews 10, 24. I'm going to read you quite a few scriptures today. And these are scriptures you already know, most of you. And so I'm going to do quite a few of them this morning. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. How many of you have been loving the new Passion Translation of the Bible? Man, I love it. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Listen to this and, and, and picture yourself in this. Discover creative ways to encourage others. Isn't that great? Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion. How many of you saw a little bit of motivation to good works this morning? Doing beautiful works as an expression of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Guys, the closer we get to the end, the more we should be gathering together. They were gathering daily in the New Testament church. Being a disciple of Jesus. Now, now we're talking about community. Now, being a disciple of Jesus, becoming a, a student of his word, growing through prayer, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Whose responsibility is that? It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. Bearing much good fruit like Jesus commanded. Whose responsibility is that? Say it's mine. It is. John 15, 8. This is how my Father's glorified. To it, this is to my Father's glory. You want to see the Father glorified? This is how it happens. That you bear much fruit in your life. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. What is that fruit? It's the way you live your life. It's the way people see you. It's the way you talk. It's the way you respond. It's who you trust. What you put your trust in right? Listen to this from the Passion Translation, 1 Timothy 4, 7. It says, be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends, but instead be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. Isn't that good? Be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. It's your responsibility to be engaged, your responsibility to be engaged in training that will bring forth righteousness and good fruit in your life. So guys, it's your responsibility to fulfill your purpose in life. It's your responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission. I mean, who do you think is responsible for reaching your family? Who do you think is responsible, responsible for reaching your coworkers, your classmates, your sphere of influence? Somebody say it's me. Let's read the Great Commission real quick from the Passion Translation. Look at this from Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And I love the way this is worded because I said this last week. Uh, and, and this is the way I've always read the Great Commission because we know it says go into all the world, Right? Has anybody in here ever been to all the world? <laughs> People picture that and they're picturing missionaries. This isn't about missionaries going to Kenya or Ethiopia or whatever else. I mean, I mean, it, it, it is about them. <laughs> but it's about all of us. 
And I love the way he words this in the Passion Translation. As, as you go into the world, as you go into all the world, as you go to your workplace, as you go to your school, as you go to the store, as you go around your neighborhood, toward your neighbors, whatever it may be, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news is baptized and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. Guys, I don't, I don't mean to be real heavy in saying this, but I believe there will be people who are not in heaven because you didn't do your part. I know that I have missed opportunities, and I pray that somebody else got to them, but I don't know. No condemnation. We repent. And we move on, right? But let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Let's be like Paul said and be innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, he says, from this point onward, <laughs> nobody's going to be able to blame me. Because I lived the life and I spoke the truth, right? I encourage you to begin to allow your heart to break for those around you. As a prayer of mine since I was a teenager has been that God would give me a keen awareness of that every person I come in contact with is either lost or saved. Imagine walking down the store of the grocery store and just stopping for a moment and looking around and going, oh my goodness, every person around me, every person in this aisle is either going to heaven or hell. That should stop you in your tracks. That should break your heart. It should move you with compassion, like we talked about Jesus. That's what I talked about a few weeks ago. I believe that in heaven, that moment when Jesus has to wipe away our tears, it's going to be a moment we stop and go, why didn't I do more? And Jesus is going to lift us up. Amen? Remember, we did, we talked about the compassion of Jesus a few weeks ago and how when, when it says these different times when Jesus was ministering to people and it says that Jesus was moved with compassion, it meant that he was moved to action. He could not sit by and see somebody in this state and not do something. It boils down to, will we be moved to action or not? And... You know, we've got to decide whether we're going to quit sleeping and wake up and get the mission started or not. As part of the team, are we going to sit on the sidelines or are we going to get up and jump in there and, and do our part? And here's the deal, guys. Many of us, we, we've sat in church every Sunday our whole life, many of us. And we've heard messages on just about every topic there is. Some of us have graduated from ministry school. Guys, you can be full of the word. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The question is, will you actually do it? Will you do what it says? Will you be who he says you are? Will you use the giftings and the talents that he's filled you with? Will you fulfill your God-given purpose in life? James 1.22, you guys know this. Be doers of the word, right? 
not hearers only. What happens when you're a hearer only? You deceive yourself. Listen to it from the Passion Translation. It says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. Always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Guys, have you ever thought about that? I mean, think about that for a second. God's word is fulfilled through your life as you respond to it and live it out. Do you, you know that you may have come to church every Sunday and heard a pastor share from the word of God? Do you, do you understand as a follower of Jesus that we're responsible for what we know? And to not do it is actually sinful in God's eyes? I'm getting heavy, aren't I? <laughs> My wife says, yeah. Guys, we are Jesus in the earth, and he is the word of truth. So we have got to make the decision to be a good example of Jesus. Unfortunately, I think that many people who call themselves Christian are more of an embarrassment to the name of Jesus than anything else. I think we've seen that some lately. Guys, we need to be a good example of Jesus. We want everybody to hear his name. We want to make his name famous in the earth. Amen? We want to make his love famous in the earth. But to do so, we've got to take action. My wife is going to come up for a minute. She was praying. We were going through this, and she had an example and something that she wanted to share. So I want to, I want to let her share that for a, a minute or two. Actually, Maybe two. Or 10. Oh, um, no. Actually, right before we do that, um, Ron Saldana was watching online, and he said he wanted to be a part of the giving. And, um, and there's three names left in the bag that I believe have not been done. Oh, are there really? And so um, Ron, who's watching online, you have Donna Reed. And so I'll get you her information because she mm -hmm. actually has, this is probably a testimony. Mm -hmm. She has never stepped foot into our church. Mm -hmm. She actually has found us online and recently moved to Bahalia, and she is a nurse, and she and her husband have been watching mm -hmm. online and said, I feel like we want to be a part of that church family. And so, guys, it's not just, once again, it's not just about these four walls, but she's going to get something from Ron Saldano, somebody she's never met, out of obedience. So, so. We'll, Ms. Donna, we'll get that to you. Yeah, hopefully, we've got her contact info. If, okay, yeah, we can contact yeah. you on, on Messenger as well. So. so, all right. So, like Rob said, you know, um, we're kind of finishing up our activation series today. And um, generally, we've called this like small group Sunday or community group Sunday. And so, earlier in the week, I was like, you know, Lord, how can we really communicate? Can you give me a visual? Can you give me an illustration of what this looks like for the church family? What does it mean to be activated? What does it mean to be a part? And so um, you guys know that I'm very practical. And so um, I kind of felt like the Lord gave me a picture of a honeybee. Now, do we have any honeybee farmers in here? Anybody? Okay, good, because I'm sure I'll probably flub something here, because I know like nothing about honeybees other than 
I find them annoying when they come my direction, but I like the end result of eating the honey, right? Um, so I actually uh, went online and did a little bit of research on honeybees. I'm like, well, what does that have to do with us? And so picture for a moment, you know, when I say, you know, a honeybee, a lot of you probably think of the hive, right? And a bunch of um, bees swarming around that. And so there are a few things I feel like we can take from a honeybee that we can apply to our Christian life. And the first thing is, is that bees are always on the lookout. And so what do I mean about that? Um, I don't know, has anybody in here ever approached a hive before, a beehive? All right, so you know, as you're approaching that beehive, um, the closer you get to the hive, the thicker and the more bees there are, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I I would not have been raising my hand because I don't want to approach the bees, right? But here's what we can take away from that. Um, As you're approaching that beehive, those bees... Your, your coming towards them hasn't gone unnoticed. You want to know why? Because there's a bee that his, his name or his job is he's a scout. And so the scout is kind of looking out for the predators and he's looking out for the food. All right? So he's kind of notifying where they're all out of what's going on. So as Christians, how many of you guys know that we have to always be on the lookout for danger? How many of you guys know, not only for ourselves, but for our church family, for those people that are in our sphere of influence? Um, how do you guys know that we have, there's an enemy that wants to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy, right? And so we have to be aware that there's an enemy out there. And at the same time, we need to be on the lookout for those good things that can help nourish our bodies, our spirits, and our soul, right? And here's the deal is too often as Christians and as believers, we fall into the trap of starvation and we deny our souls those things that we need for survival. And so the first thing we can learn is that we've got to be on the lookout. The next thing is that bees, and I didn't know this, I didn't know like anything, bees get rid of anything that would hamper their productivity, all right? So, you know, they've got their little honeycombs and they're working on stuff, and so they clean the hive and remove all foreign matter and debris before they begin the work of storing honey. So question for us is, are we storing any clutter? Yes, probably most of us, <laughs> right? Are we storing any, any clutter? Um, do we need to remove any distractions from our life that are keeping us from pursuing him and fulfilling the call of God that he has on our life? And so we need to ask ourselves, you know, what are the things in our lives that we need to remove? What are some of those routines? What are some of those habits that maybe we need to remove so that we can increase our productivity, so that we can be more effective, you know, I think we need to take a lesson from the bees here and get rid of any, anything in our life that's unnecessary, anything that could possibly hamper our productivity. The next thing about bees is that they know their role in the kingdom, all right? Um, so I learned a lot about bees, a lot about honeybees. So there's actually the queen that her job is to mate and lay eggs. There's the workers that feed the queen, they harvest the pollen, they clean the hive, and they make the honey. They do like a lot. They're probably like the worker bees. That is their name, right? Worker bee. Okay, that's why they have the name worker bees. Sorry. Okay, then there are the bees that are the nurses. And then there are some of the bees that are the scouts. And then there are some that lay eggs, the unfertilized eggs, and those are also known as the, does anybody know? The drones, right? So each bee has a place a role within that hive. And so as a believer, you know, what is your role in the kingdom of God? What is your role in the church family? Do you know it? 
sometimes I think we're just like clueless or oblivious or I serve no point. And, and that's just not true. The Lord has a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. And so a lot of times, you know, you need to step back a minute and listen to that small, still voice. Because that small, still voice is usually the Holy Spirit saying, this is where I want you. This is where you need to serve. This is what your purpose is here on the earth. And so you've got to know your role and you have to fulfill it. The next thing is bees like to serve. They live to serve, all right? Bees live to serve. So the baby bees feed the queen. The worker bees store the pollen and make honey. The scouts are on the lookout, right, for food and danger. The drones are willing to give their life to mate with the queen. And so, you know, how many of us are willing to serve the master? The Christian life isn't just about us, guys. (laughs) it's not about us at all. (laughs) Like Pastor Rob, I think, said last week, you know, if we came to know him, like, there's purpose for us. If we accepted him as Jesus' Lord and Savior and he had no purpose, he would take us to go be with him immediately. But we have a purpose here on the earth. And so, you know, what is that for you guys? Um, So we're talking about serving there, right? So we all need to be serving. The next thing, I think I've got two more. Bees are ready to give their lives for the cause of the hive. And so, you know, if I were to ask you the question, what would you die for? Ask yourself that. What would I die for? What would be your answer? What comes to mind? Some of you, it might be your kids. It might be your spouse. Some of you would be like, no, I might just kick them out there. Um, No, what would you die for? You know, you're laughing. You know some of you thought it. Okay, so I did not. I love you dearly. I I want you around. Okay, and so, you know, what would you be willing to die for? You know, I have said many times that I truly hope that if somebody held a gun to my head and said, deny Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that I would say, take my life. Take my life. No matter what the cost, no matter what they have to, who, leaving my husband and kids behind, trusting that God has got them, that I will not deny my Lord and Savior. Are we willing? You know, and so that's easy to say as a believer within salvation, but what about within the context of defending other believers? What about in the context of defending the cause of Christ? What about in the context of standing up for righteousness? For what his word says, truth, opposed to falses, that's not a word, falsehoods. And then the last thing here is that, how many of you guys know that with bees that there is teamwork of all these bees that produces what? A golden treasure of honey. Now you guys know the story of Samson and he once asked the question, what is sweeter than honey, right? What is sweeter than honey? Now... I am going to gross you out briefly for a moment here. Um, I learned that the, um, (laughs) you know how they get the nectar, like the part that we actually eat, is the result of dozens of bees pretty much vomiting in each other's mouths. Yep, Barbara's like, I'm never eating it again. All right, vomiting in each other's mouths to produce what we actually get to enjoy, right? Lovely. But here's something a little bit more exciting is that the end result of honey is the beautiful result of tons and hours, tons of hours of bees labor, hundreds of miles flown to and from to get the perfect blend of nectar and pollen. 
So think of what a beautiful treasure we, as God's children, could be if we work together in love, if we recognized our purposes, if we're like not trying to be the queen bee, but I'm going to be the worker bee, I'm going to be the nurse bee, I'm going to just know my role, and I'm going to do my part to fulfill God's purpose and plan for that beautiful golden treasure at the end. And so the possibilities are almost endless when it comes to God's creative power when we all work together in love. Yeah, awesome. So before we close out this part, we're going to do something else here in a minute. But, you know, what has is, what is the main point been? <laughs> the last two? Who are the last two names? No, I don't think that's what she was saying, Rob. No, she's... Oh, gotcha. Okay, great, great. Thank you, Joe. So she's talking about the last two that are in here. She just wrote a check for them, so nobody's left out. Do we so. know who they are? To... Yes, I'll get those. Okay, so, yeah. all right. All right. So, guys, what has the point been the last few weeks? The fact of the matter is, if you've repented and you received Jesus as your Savior, you have been activated and deployed on foreign soil. We're not of this world, right? This is not our kingdom. We've been activated, activated, and we've been deployed on foreign soil. We've been talking about a military perspective. And so I, after Shauna showed me that, talking about the bees, I thought, man, the same thing uh, goes when you think of the military. And I have not personally had the honor of serving in the military, but I'm a movie buff, and so I know all about it. So... Um, Sorry for those of you that have served. <laughs> that may have just been an insult. He did not mean it that way. <laughs> uh, no, I did not mean to insult anybody. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. <laughs> Thank you, those who have served. Um, um, guys, our soldiers in the military, they're always on the lookout. Remember number one? Always on the lookout. We have, you know, our troops, they, they protect and guard what is theirs, and they're, and they're assigned to protect. They have multiple levels of protection in troops, and, and uh, you know, and even when they go on a mission, there are certain ones that are assigned to be the lookout, right? They're watching over the guys, over the, the other troops. And, and I'm thinking about that, you know, because, uh, you know, again, as Christians, we have to be on guard against danger. There's an enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He will take advantage of your, advantage of your weaknesses. He's looking for them. We need to protect and guard one another in family God. Soldiers, they get rid of anything that would hamper productivity. They remove distractions from them from day one, don't they? You ever seen a soldier getting off the bus hauling three Samsonites behind them? Nope, one duffel bag, right? They even cut their hair off. No distractions, right? Distractions removed from day one. Mission is top priority. Is the kingdom top priority for you, the kingdom of God? We're very good at being distracted by things going on around us, but we've got to make the mission priority. We all need to get busy doing our part. And sometimes that even means knowing when your plate is full. How many of you have had to learn in life when to say no? Because you've said yes to too many things. Remove distractions. Soldiers know their role in the kingdom. Soldiers know their role very well, right? It's spelled out, and it's specific, and there's a chain of command. 
you don't do somebody else's job and nobody else does your job, right? You do your part. You might be, you might be a combat officer, you might be an administrator, you might be a mechanic, you might be a cook, but everybody does their part, right? Because everybody knows their role. They pull their weight and do their part. And guys, your role in the kingdom of God is to love God and to love people. Your role is to fulfill the great commission, to reach the loss of the love of Jesus. There is also a specific role that God has for you. There, as I said a few minutes ago, there are giftings and talents and things that God has placed in you that only you can reach that person with. Soldiers live to serve. Guys, just simply joining the military, it's not mandatory in this country. Joining is an act of service, right? And service is what it all is all about. They follow the commands of their superiors, even if they don't like it, even if it puts them at risk. Isn't that right? Whatever they do is supposed to be the, for the best of the nation or the kingdom, Right? And this is part of what I was talking about a few minutes ago, that just do it thing. Are, are, are you, are you going to do it? You are part of the family of God, but we're also called an army, aren't we? Do you live to serve him? He knows what's best, and you have a vital part to play. Will you comply? Soldiers are ready to give their lives for the cause. They recognize that their service comes before everything, including their life, right? They realize when they sign up, there's a possibility they are certainly at higher risk than they would be otherwise, right? They even go, in, they go into training understanding that. And even if they don't die, they're still laying down their life in some form or fashion, right? Laying down their desires and their dreams and even some of their freedoms while they're serving. Are you willing to lay down your life for the cause of Christ? And guys, you may never be asked to physically give your life your physical life for Christ. But are you willing to just surrender those earthly things that you've held on to that have been distractions? At bare minimum, are you willing to wait, lay down some of those distractions and those time wasters that have kept you from being productive in the kingdom? And then the last thing, I just kept it the same, teamwork produces the golden treasure. Guys, soldiers, troops, they realize they can only do so much alone. They're much stronger as a unit. They're stronger together with their brothers, with their sisters. Isn't that right? And together, they're a force to be reckoned with. So what is the golden treasure in regards to the military? Well, you, you might say it's victory, and, and, and yeah, I'm sure that, that, that does apply at times, but I, I would say that it's just as much knowing that you worked together in unity and you gave it everything. I think one of the greatest things holding back the body of Christ at the moment we talked about before is the lack of teamwork and unity in the body of Christ. We've become so divided in our perspectives that many times all we see now is the differences. We'll accomplish very little until we come together as one body, one voice, under one banner and one purpose, being Jesus. So goal, guys, our goal, the remainder of service, we want to clarify you, clarify for you uh, individually the steps to take to fulfill your God-given purpose in life under the vision of the Church of the Harvest family here. And so you want to
kind of organize that. All yep. right, guys. So when you came in today, everybody should have received a paper like this. So if you will please get out this paper. And, um, and you guys see that little, okay, is that called a QR code? Mm -hmm. So the little thing on the bottom that's black. Yeah, if you need one, raise your hand. Our ushers have some. Um, just give them a minute. Just keep your hand up. They'll get it to you. Um, keep your hand up. They're looking. Make sure everybody gets one. Um, Paul, actually right there in front of you before you go to the other side. <laughs> All right. Okay. Does everyone have one now? Okay, Miss Joy, we'll, Paul will get you on his way back out. Everybody? Okay, so I'm going to ask everybody to get out this piece of paper. Those of you that have a phone, I'm going to ask you to get the camera out and to take a picture of that. And this don't, is this Don't is, take a picture. Just put your camera in front of it, and it'll give you a link. It'll scan it. Okay, listen. This is especially for those of you that are family here at Harvest, but um, I know we have some guests here. Um, you are more than welcome to do this with us. We would love for you to be connected to our church family, especially if you don't have one. But everybody here, whether you are a leader or already serving, we are asking you to right now take this picture, pull up the link that it has, and as we go over this information, check what you are interested in and where you're already serving or you would like to serve. So, so it's going to give you all the same information that's on that sheet, but it's going to allow you the opportunity to check the areas that you're interested in where you would want to jump in and be a part or if you just want more information. So here's what I'm saying. I don't want you to be like, you already know what I'm doing, so I don't need to do this. All right? I'm asking every single person, husband, wife, teenager. Who's part of the Harvest who's family. Who's part of the Harvest family to please do this yeah. with us, okay? Um, get that really clear for you guys. So at this time, you guys know this whole month, um, we have talked about what our responsibility is. And Rob has told you that as pastors, our responsibility is to equip you guys. And so this is what we have this year to equip you guys. And so at this moment, I'm gonna ask all of our Harvest Community Connection leaders to please come forward. Um, like four of y'all can stand on the side over here and the other three of you guys come over here. So if you are a not an equipping leader, this is only for our community connections right now. If you are a community connection leader, come up to the stage, kind of getting straight lines next to me. If you're questioning whether that's you, your on name is un <laughs> down on the piece of paper. Okay. Under Harvest, on the stage, and on the stage, because we yeah, want to see your faces on the cameras. We need the live stream to be able to uh, get faces and the lighting is not good on the floor, so. So. Now this is not our equipping groups, this is only our Harvest Connections, and so, um, we have them coming up here so that you can get a face to go with a name in case this is something that you're interested in. So everybody that's up here, when I say your name, if you'll step forward and kind of like raise your hand so that everybody can get a visual and then you can step back, all right? So this is our Harvest um, Community Connections. And remember that our desire is that every single family member be a part of a community group that meets on a weekly basis. And so we are going to announce those first. You guys remember, this is the most important thing. This is what I talked about the first two weeks. We want everybody connected in community. And so if you're a member of the family of Harvest, please, this is your moment. These are the opportunities right now. Please jump in. All right. So our first one is Zach and Angie Davis. They will be meeting on Sundays <laughs> at 4 p.m. in Olive Branch. Next is Andrew and Haley Levin. They are meeting on Fridays at 6.30, and they live in Marion, Arkansas. 
We have Charles and his wife, Letitia. They're on, um, she's at home right now. Um, but they're going to be actually leading a Zoom group on Monday nights at 7 p.m. We've got Robert and April Montgomery. They are leading a group on Fridays at 6.30. Um, we have Rob and Shauna Thomas. We are leading a group on Wednesdays at 6.30. And then these next groups that we have, um, they are meeting by Weekly. So basically they're meeting weekly, monthly, weekly, bi-weekly. bi-weekly. That's right. They're meeting twice a month. All right. And so with the goal of going every single week. So the first one is Richard and Chris Bounds. They're the second and fourth Sundays. Um, they're in all the branch. Um, branch and they're going to be doing it after church. Um, Joe Rook. She is going to be doing the second and fourth Tuesdays at 2 p.m. And um, that's actually going to be at Joy Lyons home here in Olive Branch. And then we have Pastor Bob and his wife Ellen is in the back right now. They're going to be doing the first and third Sundays um, at 1230 in their home. And then we've got a couple other options. We're putting these under our community meetups because they look a little different. And so um, the next one with that is Joe Rook. She's going to be on the first Sundays of the month doing a fellowship and potluck at her home um, out in East. Tennessee. So she's really trying to reach some of those Fayette County people, right? She'll take anybody though. Um, the next is Jack and Terry Rowell. Um, their details are still pending, but they live in Hernando and they are looking at doing a second and fourth or a second or fourth um, <laughs> that will be in Hernando on Sunday afternoon. So more information will be coming on that one soon. And then the last one we have here is um, Madison Thomas. Is she up here? Oh, you're over there. Step up. Yeah, okay. Um, she is doing a young adults group. Um, and basically what they're doing is just on Sundays after church, they're going to go out um, to a restaurant and to eat. So you guys give all of them a hand. And you guys can go ahead and take a seat. You guys can stay. No, 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 okay. Go ahead and have a seat. I was talking to the two on the end. Y'all have a seat. <laughs> They, they were just anticipating coming up here. Um, and let me tell you here, option three that we have down is um, actually our um, men's mentorship and our women's mentorship. And um, let me just by hands real fast. If you are a mentor or you have ever been mentored by one of our mentors, if you'll just lift up your hand. Guys, awesome. look at that. Wow. I mean, look around. That, yeah. I mean, there's like somebody in every single area. And um, mentorship is nothing to be embarrassed about. Sometimes we think that means that we're lacking. But what this is is actually to come alongside. Sometimes we're just in a hard time or sometimes we need instruction or teaching or assistance. And so it's committing to 12 weeks, three months, one-on-one with an individual to help grow your walk. All right, so that is your Harvest Community Connections. This is like what we want our number one main focus to be. And so we encourage you as you've scanned that, you know, maybe mark one or two that you're interested in. And um, those leaders will be reaching out to you um, this week on and that. If you're a- if you're an active part of the Harvest family, we don't see your name on there. We may be reaching out to you as well. So just <laughs> Rob will be calling. Knocking on your door. Okay, so now I would like all of our Harvest equipping you leaders to please stand and come up to the stage. And um, we are going to um, introduce them real fast. So our equipping you is more semester-based. Um, we've got three semesters this year, spring, summer, and fall. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and announce those first, or go ahead and announce those. So the first one is um, Sunday school that is going to begin resuming next Sunday. And so uh, Robert and April Montgomery are taking the lead on the first course for that. And um, it's going to be good. Let me tell you this, there will be a class for children. Um, We encourage teenagers to participate in the class, but for those that are younger, um, there will be a class for them to go to. Um, Okay, so our 
equipping you classes that are going to be meeting weekly. Um, the first one is um, Financial Peace University. So that's kind of helping you with your finances and budget. We'll be on Thursdays at 7 p.m. and that's Dennis and Laura Sapala. And it'll be in their home here in Olive Branch. Um, the next one is um, Harvest Women, which is going to be on Wednesdays um, here at the church. And um, they'll be meeting weekly. They're um, going to do something a little different. One week will be prayer. One week will be teaching. And so um, Kim and Laura Sapala will be leading that. Our next one is our uh, Vertical Youth. That's them. They're probably, oh, they, they just wanted to stand extra long. Um, so that is on Wednesday nights at 630 um, here in the Fellowship Hall and um, back here. And then our next weekly class is called Women in the Word. And that's Tuesday evenings here in Olive Branch led by Chris Bounds in her home. And then we have one class that is going to be um, bi-monthly. Bi-weekly. Weekly. It says monthly. I know. It says bi-monthly. Okay. It's not every other it's month. Meeting it's meeting twice week. a month. So we obviously, whatever. So this one is Healing for You. And that's the first and third Thursdays at 6.30. And that's actually going to be at Pam and Lynn's home that live out in Oakland. Um, also, we have, and Rob mentioned this briefly, um, we've got our Harvest Ministry School. And so Barbara Nowen is our director of this. It's a two-year program. And um, let me just say, if that's something that you're interested, they're getting to, um, they're about to kind of wrap it up. Graduation is in um, June. June, but they'll be starting a new class in August. And so if that's something, please mark it on there. You could even come and sit in the next month or two to kind of get an idea of what that is. And then, um, actually, you guys give them a hand as they have a seat. And then one last thing um, before we go to serving opportunities is uh, we actually have our growth track. And so our growth track here at Harvest is the process by which you get involved here at Harvest. And so like we said, next Sunday, um, we're going to be having class 101. Um, please make sure that you mark that you're interested in coming so that we have food for you. Um, 201 is going to actually be a video that you watch online. And then 301, 401 will be, you can see the dates there for, we're offering it in February and in May. And so if that's something that you want to do, please mark that and we will reach out to you. Um, so one last thing that we wanted to hit, Rob told you all ago that we were going to talk about serving opportunities here in the church. And so um, we want to go over these, you know, how many of you guys, maybe you've served, life happens, you stop serving, but there might be a time for you to serve again. And so we wanted to tell you what all the opportunities there are for you to serve here at Harvest. But note this, just because it's there means that there are still requirements and expectations to serve in that area, okay? So you can't just be like, I want to be on that team. Well, you can say, I'm interested. You will see what the qualifications are and then see if that's something that you would like to commit to. You may not want to run the computer in the live stream if you've never used a computer before. <laughs> Right. It's kind of important. Certain tools. So the teams that we have here are our AV technical team. And so that includes running our sound, um, our computer for our projector, our video cameras, and then actually the live stream format, um, which is iPads that they're doing in a separate office. Um, so we need more people in that. We've got our cleaning team. Um, we don't pay anybody to clean our building. Um, you guys clean it and take care of it. And so we, um, they definitely are in need of some more people there. Community group um, leaders, which you guys just saw a bunch of them. That's our mentors, our meetups, weekly groups. Um, our equipping you leaders, that are people that might teach Sunday school, the semester classes, ministry school. Um, we're wanting to start an evangelism outreach team. Um, and so if that's something that interests you, you can mark that. We've got our financial accounting team. And so that's um, you know individuals that at the conclusion of services go 
through that process of making the deposit and getting all of that together. We have our freedom ministry um, that ministers. We have our greeter team, those lovely faces you see when you come in. Our grounds team taking care of things outside. We have our healing team that goes and prays um, specifically for hard cases that commit to pray and believe for healing, um, or actually any cases, people that want it. We've got our maintenance team having you guys know things break, and we need handymen. Um, we're not it, all right? So if you're a handyman, we need your help. Um, handymen or women, doesn't just have to be a man, and that's, you know, as needed. Oh, you like you were going to say something. Okay. We've got our next generation team. Um, that's helping with our nursery, preschool, elementary, or youth. We have our prayer team. We have our security team. We have our special events team. We have our usher team. And we have our worship team. And let me just say this. You know, sometimes we're like, well, they look like they're good, so I don't need to serve in that area. Ask the Lord. Because no matter what your age is, he has a purpose for you. And we as a church family need your gifts. We need your talents. And we need you serving and meeting the needs of this family. Amen, Amen. to that. Uh, so, guys, please, uh, hopefully you got that form opened. And, and uh, like I say, you can select as many things as you uh, as you want to um, on that, just to, you know, as far as getting more information, things like that. Let me say this too, something else we didn't say is we're really launching this new format of community group. Um, we're, we're asking, especially if, if you're part of the family of Harvest, to um, put down your first choice, also put down your second choice, a community group. We don't want them getting too large. We need it to be a tighter group to build that community and stuff. And so we, we may get to a place where we've got to see how things work out over the next week, but there may come to a place where uh, we might come to you as a, as a devoted part of the family and say, hey, would you be willing to do us a favor? Would you be willing to go and help out with this group? Because they don't have enough folks and the one that you're trying to be part of is overflowing and there's not room enough. And so you guys, uh, we're, we're part of the family and all doing the same thing together. We're going after the same purposes, right? So you guys work with us on this as we see how this is going to, you know, um, going to work out. And Siri's trying to talk to me. Sorry about that. Uh, don't you love the live stream there? By the way, Sue Ann, your wife just said on the live stream to tell you to get her a paper. Um, I don't know if she realized there's a form and the link is right below that. And she can click on that and get to it as well. But um, love you, Sue Ann. Love you a lot. So, uh, so anyway, uh, guys, uh, that's, that's it. That's where we're going. I've asked four weeks in a row, who's in? Yeah. Y'all ready to move forward and be everything that God's called you to be? We've got to build community. We have got to be discipled. And we've got to begin reaching out and get winning the lost. Amen? Let's stand up together as we close. Worship team's going to come up. Guys, give me just a couple more minutes. Let me get everybody to bow their heads for just a moment. Bow your heads with me. Come on. As the family of God is just that, it's a family. Outside the family of God, we're, we're really living our life on our own. We're chasing our own dreams and desires. We're caught in our own guilt and shame. We're generally consumed with selfishness. But Jesus made a way that we can be free. We don't have to be lost in our sin. We don't have to be eaten up with guilt. We don't have to keep falling on our face because we're trusting in our own strength, which is going to fail. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and his name is Jesus, and he loves you desperately.
you don't have to be alone anymore. You don't have to walk this life alone. You don't have to do things in your own strength. You don't have to be eaten up with guilt. You can lay it all at the feet of Jesus. He paid the price for it. He knew you before you were even born. He had a plan and he was waiting for you to be born into the earth. And he went ahead and he did you the greatest favor in the universe. He laid down his life so that you could be free. The Bible says that all we got to do is repent. Repent of our selfishness, of the sin in our life. And guys, that doesn't just mean saying sorry. It means we recognize it, we confess it to the Lord, and we turn away from it. And then we confess Jesus as Lord of our life. That means I no longer live for myself, but I live for him. He laid down his life for me, so I'm going to lay mine down for him. See, we all deserve death. We, we all deserve the judgment of God in our life because of sin. But Jesus lived a sinless life. And he took that sin, and thus he took that judgment that we deserved, and he took it to the cross. And he declared that anybody who put their faith and trust in him, he calls them free. He doesn't see you stained and broken. He sees you white as snow. If that's you, you would say, you know what? I've got to give my life to Jesus today. I don't care if you've prayed a prayer before or not. You know whether or not you're living your life for Jesus. Is your life surrendered to him or not? If that's you and you would say, I've got to surrender my life to Jesus today, lift up your hand and let me see. Who in this place would say, I need Jesus? Holy Spirit. He's tugging on hearts. Come on, guys. Anybody in this place would say, I need Jesus. You may be watching online. Like I said, there's no distance in the spirit. God sees you right now. The Holy Spirit's doing a work in your heart. Rest in that work. Don't resist. Say yes, Lord, to what he's doing right now. We're going to pray a prayer together. Whether you raise your hand or not, if you need Jesus, say these words. But don't let them just be empty words. Mean it with all your heart. The Bible says that you'll be forever changed. And you can know for sure that when you take your last breath on this earth, the next moment you open your eyes, you're going to see the smile and loving face of Jesus. Just pray. Just pray something like this. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Because without him, I am lost and alone. I'm dead and bound. So today, Jesus, I choose you. I repent of my sin. I turn from it. I put it behind me. I lay it at your feet. You already paid the price for it anyway. I repent. I turn from my sinful ways. And today I confess that Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you and I choose to follow you and your will and your ways all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, 
fill me, empower me to be everything that you've called me to be. And I'll follow you to the end. No turning back. I'm moving forward with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.